This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, listen, Ms. Deborah Cox. I want to set one thing clear really quickly early this morning at 6.07 p.m. Say it loud Pacific and time. Uh, everybody's supposed to be here. I don't like that. I don't like that energy coming into our song. Nobody's <laughs> supposed to be here. Come on. I hear that, but also mm-hmm. she's upset. You should, clearly. She went to Big Wings. <laughs> on Friday night, she had one karaoke song. She got her orange drink. She got her 10-piece Why are wings. you telling a story about Big Wangs right now? And Because that's what I did it's very, at 21 years old. Very L.A. of you. I got my wings, my okay, orange so drink, big, and I sang this song. So Big Wangs, okay, just so you know, if you're in Southern California, welcome to the Morning Beat, by the way. Big Wangs is a, like a sports bar. They're known for their wings. Um, and their wangs, apparently. Mm. And they had TV screens everywhere. And there was one in the valley that used to do a karaoke night. Did, didn't you used to do I it? I hosted the I karaoke so, night. I thought so, with TJ Espinosa. But here's the problem with, yes. He used to invite us to it. But I was not a good Britney karaoke Spears, host. Britney Spears, former backup dancer, by the way. I know, that's right. I would host the karaoke. I didn't even get paid that much. <laughs> but I would put myself, like, we would have people come in, and then I would say, welcome to your karaoke night at Big Wings. And then you'd just and sing. And then I would just sing the entire time. I know. Time. I used to live around the corner. We would come and see you. I know. People would be like, I'll give you $20 if I can go up. And I was like, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not done yet. And I would sing Deborah Cox's How Did You Get Here? Wow. And I thought the Big Wings audience was there for me. Living for it. And I thought they wanted all of it. They did not. They just wanted to get up and sing. Big but- Wangs in the Valley, very much a straight audience. Oh my God, they were so straight. And I was like, what do you guys want to hear next? And they're like, it's karaoke, bitch. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? This is our show. It's called The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. And we don't have to get off the mics for four hours. <laughs> Whether our listeners love it or not, you're stuck with us. We're glad you're here. We have a fantastic show coming up for you. I'm talking to an expert later on. There's this documentary that uh, you've been talking about that I'm obsessed with. I watched it last night. It's called Tindler, Tinder Swindler. It's hard to say. Tinder Swindler. Swindler. It's on Netflix. And it's all about this con artist. And the things he does to these women around the world and the money he Ooh. makes and and, 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 and how the, the documentary ended left me infuriated. But it got us thinking about the art of conning people. Um, and we're talking to an expert. She's actually a fact-based crime writer. Her name is Cathay Scott. And she's going to be joining us in our next hour to talk about cons. How to know if you're being conned and what to do if that does happen to you. Happens more often than you think. Yes. Um, Maybe not for millions of dollars, but people get conned every day. So we're having that discussion a little bit later on. 
keeping you safe. Right now, though, it's time for news on the beat. Michaela, what's going on? All right, babe. Well, the education department has dismissed a complaint against Brigham Young University after a month-long investigation into the private religious school's treatment of LGBTQ students. The complaint stemmed from the university's ban on same-sex romantic relationships. The department's Office of Civil Rights sent a letter to BYU's president Tuesday saying that while the Utah institution is subject uh, a federal law that prohibits sex-based discrimination at schools, That received federal funding. It is also entitled to a number of exemptions because of its religious affiliation. The letter then listed 15 regulatory provisions from which BYU, which is operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is exempt, stating that the provisions would conflict with, with conflict with the religious tenets of the university's controlling religious organization that pertain to sexual orientation and gender identity. Now, not all members of the campus community, however, are feeling that love and respect. Maddie Haas, a sophomore and one of the leaders of the university's unofficial LGBTQ group, was in class Thursday afternoon when she found out the complaint had been dismissed. I almost compelled to say that I was heartbroken, but I honestly wasn't because as much as I wanted something to happen, I didn't expect anything to happen. Haas said, well, I was hopeful. There wasn't much faith backing up that hope. It was blind hope that I could even recognize as blind hope. That's devastating. All right, let's get into some weather. It's been, go- oh my God, it was gorgeous out yesterday. So hot. It was 88 degrees mm. yesterday. It's going to be 86 today, 79 in Vegas, 91 in Palm Springs, a high of 73 in Houston, and 55 in Kansas City. Now, if you don't mind, give us a vibe of the duh. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. We love that. Never give up. Never give up. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. This story, once again, is a reminder to me to be grateful for the fact that I don't have to worry about dating because dating in 2022 is not the vibe I'm trying to take on. I also feel like this is a sign that you should be grateful that you're literally 6'5". Also, that part, because there's a viral TikTok video showing a man uh, doing something interesting to make himself uh, uh, more, mm, I don't know, attractive to people on Bumble, uh, and it involves his height. So in this video, he shows the stack of inserts that he puts into his shoe so that he is six foot three inches tall. Ooh. You wonder how tall he really is? How tall? 5'11". No! Oh, Four no. inches of inserts. <laughs> Four inches! Wow! That's like wearing high heels. But... The internet is divided over this. They're so upset by this because some people are saying, like, uh, good good on you. Go for it. Uh, we enhance ourselves in all sorts of ways all the time. So what's the right. big deal? Then other people are saying, um, that's just lying. Because when a woman wears high heels, you can see she's wearing high heels. You're aware of it, right? He's got inserts hidden inside of his shoe. And I, I would think that by looking at him, I would be able to tell. But I guess maybe not. What are your thoughts on this? Like, is this, is this just another form of trying to enhance what you already have? Or is this just straight up, like, Listen, mm, false you know, advertising? I love to drag men when necessary, but I'm actually going to stand up for the man today. Because I feel like, as a woman, I'm 5'2", I've always worn heels. Because being taller is more attractive. Uh, we've been told and having long legs is gorgeous so I always wear heels people often think I'm like five seven and then I take my heels off and they're like girl what happened you're so much smaller with men if you ask a straight woman what she wants in a man the first thing she will tell you is height 
She wants them to be six. Women love that I'm six five, and I think it's ridiculous. Like I don't care. You can be two feet taller than me. It's, it's hot. I have a friend who I adore who's single, and I said, "What is like the number one thing?" And she goes, "I've always dated a guy who's five eleven. I want six two. And I'm like, "But you're five two. That's a lot." And she's like, "I don't care. I want him to be tall." And so I think that men who are just a normal even six feet tall can't even catch a break. Because now these women want these extraordinarily tall men. And if women can wear heels, I think that he can too. I also sing with this guy who you know. And he wears inserts in his shoes. And he's already tall. Okay. Um, and he, not me mouthing to you. It's like a no off. I'm like, I'm like guessing over here who it is. And she's telling me off, off air. But he's like 6'2 <clears throat> in real life. And he wears a small heel that makes him about 6'4. Yeah. And platforms a lot. Yeah. So the chunky shoe. I get that. I think this guy, I'm, I'm not for it. I don't support it. I don't think it's cool because I think it's deceiving. I think that. <sighs> Like I said, when a woman wears high heels, you know it. And I'm all for, like, if somebody's wearing makeup, okay, yeah, they look better, but you can see that they're wearing it. This is something that's being hidden inside of a shoe that you have no idea exists. And my bigger issue is this. If this guy is 5'11", and he's wearing four inches, four inches of inserts. I'm not talking, like, one insert. One insert is one inch, by the way, right? That that I can get down with. Four inches is insane, and it tells me that he's very insecure. It tells me he's making up for inches elsewhere. Exactly, and that's <laughs> my bigger issue, because I'm like, listen, dude, you are not comfortable in your skin, and there's nothing less sexy than somebody not comfortable in their skin. And I don't care about, see, it's interesting, though, being six five and a half and being a gay man, I've never cared about height, really, because I've never dated somebody as tall as me. But also, you're like the poster child for both gay and gay men and straight women. In, unless you're me. If you're me, I've always wished my entire life it could be like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, because it's so hard to go shopping. Right. I, I don't book gigs sometimes. You see me stand next to a co-host. Thank God you and I are radio, because if we had to stand next to each other every single yeah. day and host a show, it's ridiculous. I've worked with some of the tiny... I've worked with Jesse James Decker, Laura Morano, Roxy Diaz. These girls are all... Jeannie Mai, they're all like 5'2". Yeah. Every single one of them. And it's kept me from work many times from booking gigs just because I look funny next to people and I'm really, really tall. Yeah. Unless I'm sitting down. And yeah. that makes it so for me, I'm like, okay, you're you're just lying right now. And I don't I don't I think that when I think of like high heels or makeup or things that you can actually physically see on somebody, to me I'm like, okay, you're just enhancing. When I think of this, I'm like, oh, you're deceiving. See, I I will disagree with you. And I'll put myself on blast. I think it's so funny when me and Lisa go out and then I come home, I take my eyelashes off, I take my weave out, out, I take a shower and brush off all my body makeup. The chicken cutlets, you've never used those, you don't need them. (laughs) I take my heels off and I look, Lisa, she's like, I don't understand how I date like a full ass woman in the streets and then you look seven, seven when we go to bed and I'm like... Think I'm young, but it's totally <laughs> it is like if women can do it, I feel like we just have to let men do it as well. And uh, and I I think that okay, fine. I have one okay. admission I have to make. Go. I did try rounder bum underwear one time. That my <laughs> booty looked bigger. So how'd it work out? But so did my partner as well. He wore them for Halloween one year, and I told him to keep wearing them. And he said, No, I'll just do squats instead. So. <laughs> and he got the booty he needed. And he has a nice booty indeed. Yeah, sure does. All right, coming up, Kanye West is at it again, and this time he's coming after Billie Eilish. Here I was thinking he was happier than ever. Mm. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
Why does Kanye West seem to always have beef with young female artists? I don't know. Michaela, what's popping? All right, this story's crazy. It seems like we cannot stop talking about Kanye West, but now Billie Eilish is Kanye's new target. Over the weekend, Billie Eilish paused her concert at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta. After seeing a fan in distress, she then helped the fan locate an inhaler before resuming the show, and then she had this to say. Are we good here? No. Hold on. I got you. You need an inhaler. So she literally stops her show to make sure that a fan is okay, which, as we know, was a very different response from Travis Scott when he was performing at his Astro World tour, literally killing 10 people. Well, for whatever reason, Kanye West thought that Billy was making an attack on Travis Scott. And so he took to social media and said, come on, Billy, we love you. Please apologize to Travis and to the families of the people who lost their lives. No one intended this to happen. Trav didn't have any idea of what was happening when he was on stage. He was very hurt by what happened. And yes, Trav will be with me at Coachella, but now need Billy to apologize before I perform. He's saying before Billy headlines uh-uh. with him, he's with trying, Kanye, He's trying to test them and see who's more famous. At Coachella, mm. he needs an apology. To which Billy then responded hours later, literally never said a thing about Travis, was just helping a fan. I don't know what this is because to me, Kanye feels so brilliant and, and he feels so manic. Yes. And to go after Billie Eilish, look, Travis Scott was an opportunity for many artists to learn what to do and how important it is to stop everything to make sure even one person is breathing okay. And I'm sorry if Travis Scott didn't do that, but that's no one's responsibility that he did it. It's also not Kanye's place to step in. No. Like, here's the problem with Kanye. His ego is so, it just knows no bounds. It doesn't. And to, to kind of make the threat, well, it's either her or me. Either she apologizes. And again, I don't like it. And I, I, I understand the optics of him being a, a, a black man and, and the way that he kind of comes after young white artists. But the same thing with Taylor Swift and the same thing with Billie Eilish. Yeah. The way that he kind of flexes and, and kind of like posts up and is like, well, you do this or else. And he and he tries to like... It, Intimidate it, that. It feels like a bully to me. And uh, regardless of skin color, gender, anything else, it's just not okay. But also as an artist that's been around for so many years, right. Kanye should know better. Billie is not even 21. Yeah. Like, let it go. And also Travis is like your ex sort of kind of brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. So like, yeah, you're, it's you're, weird. you're out of the family, Kanye. Just yeah. relax. Let it go. All right, coming up, more and more documentaries are being made about con artists. They're even being glorified. But what is the secret behind these masterminds? And what do you need to look out for when you're on on dating apps, we'll discuss in the next hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Coming up in about 15 minutes, how to know if you're being conned on a dating app. It's become so common that there are now documentaries that are going going wild on uh, programs or on like Netflix. I watched one called Tinder Swindler. Uh, there's another one coming out this weekend. And the con is like the oldest trick in the book. Cons mm-hmm. have been happening since the beginning of time, but they've evolved. How do you protect yourself from one, especially in this era of online dating? God. Everything we do is online. Uh, we're actually going to be joined by an artist who is a fact-based crime writer. Uh, and she's going to be joining us here in about 13 minutes from now to have that conversation to keep you safe. Uh, because we care about you here at The Morning Beat. Uh, and Michaela and I are very much in relationships, and uh, we know it's difficult to date, but thank God we don't have to do it anymore. Well, and listen, honey, also with the way that like mobile payments and all the way it. that you're able to just have all your money out there now, you have to stay Who safe. Who pays attention to their bank account? Who pays attention to their credit cards? Who watches every single transaction? Do you know what I mean? You miss them sometimes, yeah. and it's, it's easy to do. If somebody's skimming some money from your account, you got to know. Totally. Uh, so we're having that conversation in a little bit. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. What do you got? All right, a Texas Republican candidate and former teacher said transgender children make her uncomfortable and questioned why other kids should be punished for making fun of them. Uh (gasps) When asked Saturday how she would enact conservative priorities in a divided state, legislature Shelley Luther, a candidate for the Texas House of Representatives, smeared trans children and tied her discomfort around them with her support for school choice. And what we have done is become comfortable with what is okay in our society. I am not comfortable with the transgenders, um, the kids that they brought in my classroom, um, when they said that this kid is transgendering into a different sex, that I couldn't have kids laugh at them, like I couldn't have, um, like other kids got in trouble for having transgender kids in my class, that's why I vote for school choice. And my opponent is completely against school choice. Okay, I got to say this. Listen, bitch. It's not... It, they're not transgenders. Yeah, first of all, they're, they're not transgendering. transgendering. They're transitioning. And, and, and first and foremost, they're humans. Yeah. You're upset because other kids aren't allowed to make fun of them? That's part of your... That's part of the thing you're upset about is the other kids can't make fun of them. And you're, and you're a, a teacher? The it's fact, disgusting. It doesn't matter if they're blue, white, black, transgender... I've never heard a teacher say, I'm sad that other children can't make fun of them. This is so gross. She's a bitch. And honestly, I would like to um, find a way. Like, I don't know if we should write a letter. I don't know if we should It's call. just so discouraging yeah. that people are filled with such ignorance. Such a grown ignorance. woman. It's like, so comfortable. Pick up a dictionary, first of all. Like, learn the proper the terminology and then how to use it. But here's the thing. They don't care. And this is this is... This is why, over and over and over again, this is why I get so mad at log cabin Republicans. This is why I get so mad at conservatives. This is why I get so mad at people who don't pay attention. This is what happens when you let somebody like Donald Trump 
infiltrate the White House for four years. Well, listen, let me make you, let me just make you a little bit more upset. Her comments on trans children did not mark first time the GOP candidate has been criticized for her remarks on the campaign trail. Last month, Luther was rebuked by Texas Democrats and Republicans for calling on the state's universities to deny admittance to Chinese students. She said Chinese students should be banned from attending all Texas universities. No more communists. Now, she has since deleted that tweet. But this is truly... Like what we're dealing with. I feel like you should have to take some sort of like basic competency test to even run for office. Like how do people like her and Marjorie Taylor Greene and others who are just such idiots. The other day Marjorie Taylor Greene talked about living in the, a gazpacho. Like that 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 we're in a gazpacho democracy now. She meant Gestapo. She was trying to talk about Nazi Germany and she and instead she referenced a nice chilled summer soup. Gazpacho? Like it, it, she's insane. These yeah. people are insane. Honestly, I just, her name uh, that I'd never heard of before is Shelly Luther. And I don't like to say people's names, but I feel like everyone needs to know that she wants to make fun of trans kids. She's upset that she cannot make fun of trans kids. And she wants Other Chinese kids. students yeah, be to be banned from universities. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about this next week in Red, White, and Q, how we can help. Um, make a point that Shelley Luther does not get elected. Like, at what point can we stand up? Although we're in LA, how do we protect our trans uh, LGBTQ youth? Because I just, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, she's a bitch. Here's the thing. If you pay attention to Texas, it's trending blue, and it has been for years, and it's getting closer and closer and closer, which is why I think you're seeing some of these Republican candidates go all out right now at their last their last stand. They're trying to hold on to the state. It will not be read but much longer. But this isn't longer. the way to do it's it. It's disgusting. It's not. I mean, it's just not. To make fun of just little kids. Ugh, God. So gross. All right, let's get into some weather. It's going to be a high of 79 in Vegas, 91 in Palm Springs, 73 in Houston, and a high of 93 in La Quinta. Hot today. We're coming into summertime. I love La Quinta. It's so pretty. Okay, give us a vibe. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's the kind of future I want to live in, not one where we're afraid of transgenders. Like, what does that even mean? It's so offensive. That are transgendering. uh, Come on. Read a book. All right, coming up, more and more documentaries are being made about con artists. They're even being glorified. But what is the secret behind these masterminds, and what do you need to look out for? Coming up next. Good Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, this is uh, this is interesting because there's this 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 documentary, I guess, on Netflix that is getting a lot of attention right now. It's called Tinder Swindler, and I think it's getting attention because it's so relatable and it talks about um, conning people, right? And how do you know if the person you're talking to, the person you're dating, the person you're in a relationship with online is actually who they say they are? Now, cons are as old as time. I mean, cons are like the oldest profession, right? They're right, right up there with like prostitution. Like they've been around since the beginning of time and they've evolved with technology. So here to uh, talk us through cons, uh, what to know, what to look for is a fact-based crime Ooh. writer and investigative journalist uh, whose recent book, uh, The Crime Book, is out now. Uh, please welcome to the program, Cathay Scott. Is it Cathay or Kathy Scott? 
Kathy. It's Kathy. Okay, I see a typo here, maybe, and it looks like Cathay. I'm like, I'm like, Cathay, is there an extra A in there? I like it. Um, Kathy is the name of my mom and my stepmom, so I'm very comfortable with this name. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, my pleasure. Let's talk about cons, though, and, and, and why they're so fascinating and how we can avoid them. Uh, at, the, at the most basic level, what is a con and how do people pull them off so successfully? Well, it's the power of persuasion, you know, and they're good at swindling, you know, they swindle and swindle victims. You know, people want to believe or, you know, um, I, I worked with a gal years ago who was, was, you know, swindled by a guy who she just thought, you know, they come in very fast. Um, they, um, they become familiar with the people very, very quickly. He, she gave him her bank card. You know, he stole her son's brand new expensive camera, you know, just basically looted her house. Mm. And people want to believe and they, you know, there, there are lots of warning signs. Number one, the relationships are, you know, however they contact them, it happens very, very quickly. And then they want, they want to please them and they want to uh, believe them. I mean, I mean, these are, you know, the characteristics of a, a con artist is, um, well, the power of persuasion, but it, they're, they're, you know, they're psychopaths, they're mm. narcissists, you know, and that's, and they're able to, and they have dark personality traits, and that's what people should look for, you know, but they're, um, they're just, they're smooth. And if, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Ooh. You know, Kathy Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I think we all watched Tinder Swindler. I know Inventing Anna is coming out today on Netflix. All of these documentaries really highlighting con artists. And I think I've been in a relationship for seven years. AJ's getting married. He's going on 10. So the dating apps are something that feels so unknown to us. But especially after a pandemic, I think people are really vulnerable. But what are things that men, that men and women should be looking out for when it comes to these con artists and dating? Because it's easy to say, I would never <laughs> give $30,000 to anybody. But also, I've been in a relationship. Like, I don't know what that feels like. So what do people need to look out for now? If it's, if it's uh, number one, the relationship goes really, really fast, and they're, they're, very, um, they're very charismatic people. And one of the thir- first things they ask for is they give them a, a, um, a sob story. You know, my, my son is stuck, or my, um, my mother is stuck. I need to get to her. I can't access my bank account because of blah, blah, blah. They give very, um, very believable scenarios that, you know, could I just borrow yours for, or I'll just borrow $10,000 and I'll give it back to you in two days. I mean, that's, and I think a lot of times it happens so quickly. They want it. They want it now because they don't want them to talk to their friends and be, you know, convinced that, hey, this is a scam, and they believe it. And um, I mean, the thing is, if a relationship goes too fast, and, you know, they're, I mean, relationships typically, well, we've all been in them, you know, and, and they're, they move at different speeds, but when it moves too fast, and you're, and they isolate you as well, mm-hmm. you don't have time to ask friends, hey, and um, they, they go, they want to believe so much, 
that this person cares for them, that they're almost willing to do anything. Kathy, you made, you've made an entire very successful career. You've written many, many books uh, about the, these sorts of topics, these sort of true crime sort of topics. Uh, what's the wildest con story you've ever ever investigated or written about? Oh, Doris Payne, the, um, the jewelry thief, talked about the art of the con. <clears throat> she go into a, she's in her 90s now. Um, I interviewed her for two years and um, just trying to get to her story. And she she's very proud of what she did, but she's very, uh, very pretty, very charismatic, dressed um, nicely, you know, like she had money. And she'd go in and chat with them at jewelry stores, and they wouldn't pay attention to what she was doing with her hands. And they'd show her things, and a ring would disappear, and they didn't even realize it. She conned so many people, it was unbelievable. She laughs about it. She thinks it's funny. Ugh. She has no remorse. Okay, but and that's, just, that's a characteristic, though, right? Yeah. Like, they don't even, it doesn't She's click a for narcissist. them. Mm. Narcissist, histrionic. They're, but people like that are very charismatic, and you can, um, you, you, um, you want to believe them, but she's, uh, and she looks like she has money. She talks about, when she go in, she talks about, her latest trip overseas or whatever, you know, and, and they, they think they're about to make a sale and before they know it, boom, and she's gone. Mm. Well, Kathy, you know, I, it was, I hear you bring up the word narcissist a lot. And I feel like, especially now we see the word narcissist, narcissism, uh, being a character trait for a lot of people. And I think sometimes in 2022, these words can be overused or misused. Yeah. What exactly is a narcissist? Because I know people who I thought were a narcissist, but they would never con people out of $250,000. Yes, exactly. You, yeah, it's amazing what people will give away when they trust. Um, they're, um, they're, they're very confident and um, carry themselves well, and they're, they're all about themselves, you know, so they'll talk a lot about themselves, and, um, but they're, when, when somebody's too confident, it's too smooth, everything's going perfectly well, and no relationship is perfect, as we all know, and uh, the signs are if someone is, is, is um, they're self-absorbed, but you might not, you know, they're also very charming and, um, you know, they sweep people off their feet, basically. And that's, you know, people who are too charming and, it, and it, they seem too perfect is, is really that's something to watch for. And if the relationship goes too fast, it escalates really quickly. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole now. We got to go. But you talked about Doris Payne, and it's interesting that she kind of rose to superstardom for stealing a 10 carat diamond ring valued at five hundred thousand dollars in Monte Carlo in the 1970s. Right. And in 2017, four five years ago, she was arrested for stealing eighty six dollars worth of merchandise from a Walmart in Atlanta. Uh, so it seems like it's it's really about like the, the thrill, thrill for her more than anything else. This is so so fascinating. Uh, where can our listeners get? Uh, uh, celebrate you and support you and get your latest book. Amazon. Yes. <laughs> Amazon. Yes. Yes. Amazon. Yeah. Just search for my name. But yeah, she was, um, she was too confident and she, 
she just couldn't stop herself. And, you know, it was embarrassing, $86, you know, but that, that it's who, it's who they are and they stop it at nothing. Wow. Well, Kathy Scott, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Fact based crime writer and investigative journalist whose 12th work, the crime book you can get on Amazon. Kathy, I hope you'll join us soon. I know that, uh, becoming Anna, is coming out to Netflix another con artist story. It can it's just so fascinating. Yeah, the cons and I, never end. Yeah, the cons never do. So they I hope you'll do. join us again. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, coming up, what would you do if a food delivery service asked to come in and use your restroom? Find out why one employer was fired and why it's causing a debate coming up next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Quick, Michaela, how many times a day do you pee? Like six. Like six? Okay, well, according to Healthline, a healthy person may urinate anywhere from four to ten times a day, so you're right on track. Oh, wow. And I, I start this conversation with this information for a very specific reason, because an insurance uh, an insurance agent caused a stir on Reddit after revealing they were fired for using a client's bathroom, and it's really divided uh, the 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 readers, people are saying it's so. Some people are saying it's very inappropriate uh, for you to ask to use a client's bathroom. Some people are saying it's very natural. So why on earth would you not? Um, this is interesting though. Like say, say for instance, somebody comes over and you've got a, I don't know Uber Eats or Postmates. They deliver your food. Like listen, I really need to use the restroom. Do you mind if I use your restroom? What do you say? Yeah. You let them. Yeah. Is it different if they're a man versus a woman? Uh, it's different if it's a man. Yeah. If you're home alone, maybe not. If okay, if I'm home alone yeah. and it's a man, I'm going to say I'm so sorry it's not working. Sure. Or just get out. But I will say this. I you have to think about these postmates drivers or people that are doing work inside your home. They've been on the road yeah. for a long time. Yes. And there is nothing. There is nothing. I swear to God, there's nothing worse than when you are stuck on the freeway in traffic and you have to horrible, go horrible. to the restroom. Yes. Any kind of restroom that you have to go. It's horrible. It's interesting because I think that as God. a six foot five man who lives with another man and has a dog who would do absolutely nothing, by the way, if somebody tried to break in and, and harm me, um, he would probably lick them and go home with them. <laughs> um, but... I've never really thought about it, I guess, because I'm like, yeah, I'd let somebody use the restroom. Why wouldn't I? I do all the time. If people are doing, if I had people coming, like putting furniture together or things like that, or movers, I've had movers in my place many times over the years. I always let them use the restroom. I'm also the type of guy who's like, hey, do you want me to make you some fresh lemonade? Like, I think I'm like a Stepford wife or something. I'm like, do you want me to bake some cookies? Like, what do you want? I like to take care of people. If you're in my home, I don't care if you're my friend or a complete stranger. I want to take care of you. But with the sort of like contactless delivery that has become more common during the pandemic, 
I might be a little less likely to do it nowadays. Well, I'll tell you this. There's two things also. In our previous apartment, we only had one bathroom. So in order to use the bathroom, we had to go into our bedroom. That was weird. That's kind of weird uh-huh. because it's like, that's like your super, super personal space. But even then I was like, okay. However, when we moved, speaking of movers, when the movers had finished moving us into our new place, one of the boys said, um, hey, can I use your restroom like before we get back on the road? And I was like, obviously. And then Queen, he was in there for like 15 minutes, which like, I don't care. He's blowing it up. But then he came out and I was like, okay, you didn't have to blow it up. But also, it's very natural. I know, like, what that, do you expect? Like, what do you want people part to of do? It. I mean, the humanity of it all. If yeah. you were in that situation, wouldn't you he want somebody to help you He probably didn't want to blow it up, but he had to. His belly hurt. I remember those <laughs> those 10 weeks early pandemic when we were recording from your little bungalow back in the yeah. day. And I remember there were days when I, like, I would walk out and I would just look at you. and I couldn't look you in the eyes because I was like, I, I just made it stinky in there and uh it's a small 500 square foot apartment and we're all going to experience it in just a matter of moments so the things that we have been through together that we did not even sign up for no one will ever understand i have one product for you one word poopery poopery (laughs) the morning beat with aj gibson and michaela gordon channel q it's time for another round of What's Poppin'. What do you got? Oy vey, this story makes me so sad. Now, Vanessa, our producer, was actually the producer for Let's Go There uh, first. And so you remember meeting Jerry Harris when he came to give a mat talk here to um, our company. It was incredible. Jerry Harris, you may remember from Netflix Cheer. He was adorable. He was so fun-spirited. And I think that's why it was so devastating when he was indicted on numerous charges alleging he received and attempted to receive child pornography and persuaded minors to engage in sexual contact. Um, And now the breakout star of the Netflix series has pleaded guilty in a federal child pornography case. Uh, Harris's change of plea uh, in which he first said he was not guilty, but then admitted later on that he was guilty, took place yesterday. He pleaded guilty to two of the counts in the indictment, receiving child pornography and engaging in interstate travel for the purpose of engaging in a sexual act with a minor. Uh, the victims are twin brothers. They have since come forward and not only spoken out publicly, but were a part of um, season two cheer where there was a whole episode dedicated to Jerry Harris. Obviously, the entire cast uh, from Navarro High School was devastated. College. I'm sorry, college. Monica Alvarez, the coach, uh, was very vulnerable when speaking about Jerry. Everyone really was just so taken aback that this could happen. Um, And it's just a really sad thing to have to cover. He was so young. He'll probably in prison be in prison for at least 15 years. It's their their major charges. Mm. And uh, it just makes me feel bad. It is terrible. Like first and foremost, these kids were 13 years old though, and this was happening. That's just so unacceptable. Oh, I'm not making no, a thousand any percent, excuses. A thousand percent. But there is also a human side of this that's like, okay, Jerry's also young at the time. He was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. And that's that. sure, that's old. You're technically an adult, but like you're still sort of forming the person that you are, struggling with your own sexuality. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to Kevin Spacey this at all and saying that it's okay because it's absolutely not. And he, he got what he deserved. But as a human, I hope that he can find his way towards healing and, and do better when he does get out. Uh, I don't feel like he seems like he's somebody who's going to be like, 
I don't know, a violent criminal that we should be worried about if he gets out well, early. But I hope he can rehab and, and learn from this. What made me really sad was that his coach, Monica Alvarez, said that he's still writing her and that she finds it extremely difficult to read the letters he sends her because he is so overly optimistic that everything's going to be okay. He will go back to normal life. Mm-mm. She said there seems that there is a touch of delusion with where he's coming from, not understanding. Well, I can't imagine. You, you almost got to think that you might have to be a little bit delusional to get through this yeah. because the alternative is not, you know, I, I don't know how I would live through something like this. Uh, genuinely, I would, I would, I'd be done. I'd be done. So... It's a terrible situation all around. I, I, I send so much love to these young men who who bravely came forward. It is never acceptable. Um, but also, there's a small part of me that, that sends some love to Jerry as well. I hope that you can learn from this and do better. Absolutely. I would like to say, however, Todd Pugh, um, Jerry Harris's attorney, did say that Jerry himself was exploited, manipulated, and sexually abused as a child within the cheer community in a way that perversely made him believe that the sexual conduct was somehow normal when it was not. Um, the reason he's pleading guilty is because he wishes to take responsibility for his actions and publicly convey his remorse for the harm he's caused the victims in this case. Um, but that it was normalized for him. And stop the cycle, and that's the thing. Yeah, that is totally. oftentimes the story. It's so heartbreaking. Absolutely. All right, coming up in our next hour, after finding out Bob Saget died from head drama, how concerned should we be when we bump our heads? We're joined with a clinical nurse to talk about how deadly some Something so simple can be in our next hour. B morning B Channel Q. Just when you thought Marjorie Taylor Greene couldn't be more of a trash human being, and I use that word specifically because she is trash. Not I hear many that. people. I don't feel like I want to use that word for many people. I it's think okay. it's not kind. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is the world's worst. There's a woman in Texas now who's saying, "Hold my beer." A fat. Th- Time Hold for news on my the beat. cocktail. Go for it. What do you got? A Texas Republican candidate and former teacher said transgendered children make her uncomfortable mm. and questioned why other kids should be punished for making fun of them. When asked Saturday how she would enact conservative priorities in a divided state legislature, Shelley Luther, a candidate for the Texas House of Representatives, smeared trans children and tied her discomfort around them with her support for school choice. And what we have done is become comfortable with what is okay in our society. I am not comfortable with the transgenders, um, the kids that they brought in my classroom, um, when they said that this kid is transgendering into a different sex, that I couldn't have kids laugh at them, like I couldn't have, um, like other kids got in trouble for having transgender kids in my class, that's why I vote for school choice. And my opponent is completely against school choice. Now, her comments drew a rebuke from state's leading LGBTQ advocates. Uh, Her comments on trans children also did not mark the first time the GOP candidate has been criticized for her remarks on the campaign trail. Last month, Luther was rebuked by Texas Democrats and Republicans for calling on the state's universities to deny admittance to Chinese students. Chinese students should be banned from attending all Texas universities, Luther said in a since-deleted tweet. No more communists. Now let's talk about being deleted. Because after AJ and I shared this news on the beat, we were livid because she's an actual bitch. And he went to comment on her Instagram. And as quickly as you commented, what happened? I basically was like, listen, 
I am so sorry. I don't know what happened to you that you're this fearful and hateful of other humans, but I hope you can find some compassion in your life. You can educate yourself and you can do better because there will be trans lives lost because of you, your candidacy and your comments, and that blood will be on your hands. Yep. That's basically what I said. Seconds later, it's gone. Yeah. Deleted. Yeah. So you're going to go out there and talk. You're going to you spew your As mess. a teacher who's upset that these transgenders, as she calls them, that her other students can't make fun of them in the classroom. That's what you're upset about. And you think that you, that, but then you're going to go censor comments on your Facebook post. Yeah. Sweetheart, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Amen. Because you don't get to do things like that and drag these poor defenseless children. And then block comments. And then block comments from other adults who disagree with you. I also think it's so funny that so these vile. type of people are like, freedom of speech, we can say what we want. Well, yeah. so can we, so then don't Absolutely. block Absolutely, we sure can, honey. Yeah. And we're going to cancel you so quick. Honestly, I do not believe in cancel culture. She needs to be canceled. Vanessa, who's love. running against her? Who's running against her in Texas? Do we know? Do we have an idea? As usual, okay, I'm going to do the weather while you yes. figure it out, and then let me know. Because and then we need to reach out to that person, that and candidate, bring them on have the them show. on our show next week. And promote them. Because she is vile. I know that's right. All right, let's get into weather while you figure that out. Thank God we're going to. Um, it's going to be beautiful today. 88 in LA. Oh, 90, so good. So good. 91 in Cathedral City. A high of 52 in Seattle. 73 in Houston. 91 in Palm Springs. And 79 in Vegas. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And guess what, Shelley Luther? There's beauty in diversity. Maybe instead of of being upset that your students can't make fun of other students, maybe learn about those students. Amen. Maybe embrace them and be an educator like you're supposed to be. And if you're going to run for, for, for an elected office, maybe run for all of your constituents, not just the ones who are radical and want to hate on people. It's, totally. it's just so absurd. Totally. Log cabin Republicans, how on earth you do not condone or condemn every single one of these candidates? Is beyond me. Beyond. Okay, did you get, did you find out who, Vanessa? I believe it's Drew Springer. Drew Springer? But wait, but I'm not sure. There might be a primary. There could be a couple. So we're going to look into that over the weekend and And we'll figure it out and try to get the money. Absolutely. All right, give us a vibe. I just did that. Oh, sorry. So you're I was really, still... You're really heated about Shelly uh, Luther. Listen, I know. I'm I actually it. really upset. Well, listen. Of course. We got permission from our program director yesterday, oddly enough, at this timing. And he's like, listen, if you feel passionate about a story... Get passionate. You can, like, be passionate. And then all of a sudden, I hear this story, and I'm like, she's horrific. <laughs> yeah, she's terrible. Because I can imagine a grown woman, a teacher nonetheless, a teacher who's oftentimes like a second parent to these kids. Yes. If not the first. Or the first parent. That's the, yeah, that part. And you're saying, I'm upset because these kids can't get married made fun of like I, I just don't understand it <sighs> and to know that she exists means others like her exist of course they do and they exist because of people like donald trump giving them space and creating space for them to exist yeah it's the bigger issue of donald trump yeah. it's not just about him being president we're seeing the ramifications time and time again of of opening that door and you let somebody you, you let the wolf in the hen house and this is what happens. Yeah, and she's a pig. I just can't believe it. Mm. All right, coming out. After finding out Bob Saget died from head trauma, how concerned should we be when we bump our heads? We're joined with a clinical nurse to talk about how deadly something so simple can be. Coming up. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. It's time for another round of What the Health 
Uh, and as uh, more information has come out about the tragic loss of life of Bob Saget, uh, who died last month from head trauma, uh, it, it brings me back to uh, many stories. Sonny and Bono, and Bono, or, oh, or, and when, when Sonny, uh, Sonny and Cher, sorry, when Sonny Bono passed away from an accident while skiing, and then Natasha Richardson, another similar story when she, Liam Neeson's wife, uh, lost her life, I think also skiing, I yeah. believe. It brings up this conversation of head trauma. How do you know the difference between bumping your head and just kind of like ah shaking it off and when when should you go get it checked out when should you head to the emergency room so for what the hell today we're joined by alice benjamin clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner with over 23 years experience uh thank you alice how you doing I'm doing well. Thank you for having me this morning. So this is, this is a very common question. I remember one time I was snowboarding and I hit my head pretty hard. And my parents uh, and my partner at the time, they said, don't go to sleep. Stay up. Uh, we don't want you to, if you have a concussion, it's not good to go to sleep right now. Let's just stay up for a while and make sure you're okay. Uh, but when do you know when it's time to go get checked out by a professional? You know, that's an interesting question. And if I had the answer to that, I'd be a very rich woman. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we've all fallen, bumped our heads on something, and you're kind of like, do I need to go to the emergency room? Am I going to be okay? Um, and as you said, you know, is okay. You get kind of, sometimes you get sleepy, you get tired. And let me just first say that um, whenever you hit your head, um, it's going to be really important to kind of look at, you know, how hard did I hit it? Um, there's going to be some other factors on there. Am I on certain medications that could be blood thinners? Am I elderly? There are a lot of risk factors that put you at a higher risk for having a more significant brain injury. So, but when in doubt, check it out. That's what we always say. Working in the ICU and the ER, I've seen even the youngest, most healthiest people, you know, out partying, have, you know, a night of fun, fall, hit their head, and then the next morning, you know, they're dead. But there's a lot that goes into that. So, but when in doubt, check it out. And to speak to your myth about not letting someone go to sleep, a lot of people have said that. But the research shows that it's actually okay to let someone go to sleep. Really? That, that shouldn't wow. be a factor. It is. Oh, it wow. is. It is. Because what happens when you bump your head, there's really so many you know, uh, hormones that are released, like your adrenaline rush. And you know, you'll know you have this adrenaline rush, and then you'll get tired. It's actually okay. And let me say this disclaimer. For the most part, it's okay. Now, if you're visually, if you saw someone fall off a cliff and hit their head, I might not want to let that Could you imagine, you, Alice? You're like, oh, you fell off a cliff. Just take a nap, babe. Yeah, Just take a nap. Sleep it off. Uh, I will say that I was raised in an all-boy household. We're Italian. Everything was shake it off. Like, you could break your arm. They're like, oh, shake yeah. it off. You could literally do anything. And they would say, you know, get over it. So I feel like I'm pretty tough. But now hearing this... I, I will say that anytime I Google something, I feel like when like WebMD tells me that I'm dealing with every ailment I've ever was terrified of. Oh, WebMD is the worst. Yeah, so I don't ever try to think too much into it, but this story makes me want to think, is it not only something that we should be aware of, was it also an age thing? Like he was 65 years old. Does it matter if you're 35 or if you're 65? Like how much of him being... A male, on tour, uh, coming out of a pandemic, his age. Like, were there any specific things that you could think of that would make this um, the cause of death for Bob Saget? Right. So that's a great question. So what are some of the risk factors? So uh, the older someone is, that puts them at a a higher risk. If you're on certain medications um, like uh, aspirin or any type of blood thinners, we get concerned about that. Anyone who's recent infection, because there's still some inflammation in the brain, these are some of the things that we, we want to keep in mind. But then you, it, you also have to keep in mind, how far did you fall? I mean, what did you actually hit? Um, um, because, you know, we, we've all fallen and hit our head. I don't want anyone to worry, like, oh, my God, I hit my head. I'm going to die. Like, 
I don't want to uh, you know, exert fear in anyone because, you know, there's about 1.5 million traumatic brain injuries every year. Uh, about 230,000 are hospitalized. Um, and are there some deaths from it? At, there are. I mean, in 2019, we had about 61,000 deaths from traumatic brain injury. But, you know, it's a multi-layer type of thing to assess. So that's why I say when in doubt, check it out or at least have someone close by you. And some of the telltale signs that you really need to be worried about is that if someone who's for the most part, alert, oriented, and totally with it, gets a little confused, forgetful. Maybe their coordination's off. They're complaining about a really bad headache, or they become nauseous or start vomiting. Those would be signs that there's something going on in the brain that shouldn't be, and it really urgently needs to be checked out. That's, that, that part right there, actually, is really great advice, because I remember I interviewed Will Smith years ago when his movie Concussion came out, and it's talking about uh, CTE, uh, I think it's chronic traumatic encephalopathy, I think of what it is, that goes on in the brains of football players when they have repeated, repeated head injuries. And I think for the average person, you see these guys just like beating each other up on the football field every weekend, you know, the Super Bowls this weekend, and we're going to see a lot of that take place. And you're thinking, oh, they're fine. I'm probably fine too. But there are other factors involved. Uh, if you just just maybe bump your head on the cabinet, you leave a you leave a cupboard door open and you bump your head. Yeah, I hate that. Maybe not the end of the world. But if you hit your head pretty hard or you fall out of the shower and hit it on, on the sink or something like that, yeah. it might be a little bit more traumatic. Um, so really, really great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that right. with us. Um, so, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think the thing people want to know, well, I hit my head. How does that result in death? And I just want people to understand your brain is, you know, it doesn't stretch. You know, our bellies stretch and get big, but our head, our head doesn't. The, our head is, it's a, it's a finite amount of space. There's brain tissue, there's cerebral spinal fluid, and there's a certain amount of intracranial blood that lives there all the time. When we hit our head, oh you just like when you bruise, you know, things swell, they get big. There's no brain, there's no space in the brain for things to swell. And so that pressure goes, is exerted on the brain, and that suppresses important, func- you know, brain that's um, responsible for important bodily function, like breathing, heartbeats, and stuff like that. So when you hit your head, just know that there's only a finite amount of space. If, you, if a blood vessel breaks in there, it's going to apply pressure. Um, swelling on the brain tissue is going to apply pressure, and that's really what results in, you know, in unfortunate events like this. There must have been so much swelling or so much bleeding that it suppressed like a respiratory center mm. or a cardiac center, which resulted in death. So scary. This is going to be the most ridiculous question I've ever asked live on air, and that says a lot for me. But are there ways to sort of, um, not brain exercises by any means, but ways to sort of like keep your brain strong, your head strong, just to, to work on like if there are any impacts particularly because it can't handle the swelling. Yeah, is that even possible? Is that like a thing? Uh, well, yes, there is. So we have cognitive therapy that can happen. So the first thing is we want to prevent these things from happening, which is why, like when you're on a motorcycle or, you know, skateboarding and stuff, we always say you should wear a helmet because you want to protect your head from any type of injury. Now, obviously, we're not walking around with helmets on our head all the time. And if you, right, and it's, but if you find yourself in this situation um, and you've experienced a brain injury, hopefully not one that's resulted in death, is there a potential for recovery? Absolutely. It's going to require you like challenging your brain and mind and doing, 
activities that challenge your coordination and your memory and all of those important skills that your brain is responsible for. We're going to have like you like lift weights and dead press and all those lifts. You're going to need to do those type of exercises for your brain. Puzzles. L- listen, um, we're watching the Olympics solving. right now and we see Chloe Kim and Sean White mm-hmm. at the best they, they can be and they're wearing helmets and helmets are really cute nowadays. So like get yeah. yourself a helmet. Don't yeah. be embarrassed by it. Be smart. Better to be safe than sorry. Uh, Alice Benjamin, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much, Alice. Also, if you thank want to... If you want to follow uh, Alice, we see you on NBC4 uh, LA all the time here. Uh, and if you want to follow her for more information or just because she has a really awesome awesome Instagram account, follow her at Ask Nurse Alice. Uh, yeah. Do it today. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, coming up, a Chick Jack video is going viral after a man goes viral for telling his boss he will only produce below average work after being paid below average. It's sparking a debate, and we want to hear what you think next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, one conversation that's really been brought up due to the pandemic and and the the rising rate of inflation. It was at 6.8%. I saw yesterday inflation was at 7.5%. My partner filled up his new car a day ago. It was $100 to fill up it's the tank. It's unbelievable. His gas cost $6.69, right? Uh, Joe Biden sat down with Lester Holt just last night, I believe, or the night before, and um, had a conversation about this and 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 how the economy sort of strong, but inflation's high and wages are not going up, mm-hmm. right? We're being asked to work from home, many many people, and what comes with that, it might seem like, oh, that's easy. You don't have to go to a job anymore. But the downside is, oftentimes employers think that you can work all day long now, as long as you have access to a phone. Basically, you have a computer. Yeah, in your if you hand don't answer that phone or that email in an hour, you're always available. You're in trouble. Which is why I'm living for this TikToker. Mm-hmm. So, this guy put a video up on TikTok, uh, a reenactment of him having a recent meeting with his boss uh, about his performance at his job. Now, his 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 boss is saying to him, basically, listen, uh, I want to discuss the difference in your performance between last year. In 2020, the boss tells him, says you were the top rated employee in 2020, but it doesn't feel like you've been nearly as present. What's changed? And to that, he responded. Well, yes, in 2020 uh, was the second year in a row I didn't get a raise, even though I was the top employee. And when I asked why I couldn't get a raise, you said it was because my position, no, my pay was a fair market value for my position. And when I asked for my pay falls on the pay grade scale, you said it was below the median. So the below the average of what I could make uh, in my position. So at that point, I just decided I'm going to become a fair market value employee and put in a below average amount of effort because that's what I feel like you pay me to do. You've created an environment where there's no incentive for me to work hard. So I don't. You better preach. Listen, this, I'm is here a, for it. this is a very controversial conversation because on one hand, I can see both points. I feel like if they're paying you below average, it's always okay for the company to say, hey, we don't have uh, enough money to give you a raise. We have to pay you below average, but it's never okay for the employee to go, well, then I'm going to have to give you below average uh, employment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. like you've never been able to say, oh, I'm sorry that you guys aren't doing good, so I'm going to have to only give you 50% of my energy. I'm going to give you what you pay for. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? However, on the other hand, I will say that even just in like your own morale. If a company is paying you what you're not supposed to be paid, if you believe you should be getting more, then you should quit and go where you should be getting paid. However, we are in a pandemic. 
times have been hard to find a job. But I will say, I saw my Botox doctor the other uh, yesterday, actually, and she's a really incredible injector. This has a point. And she um, said that when she met with her doctor in Beverly Hills, she was moving from Texas, and they discussed her rate, and so she came to work for this really big doctor here in Beverly Hills. And the first year, it was fine. But now, going into her second year, she is seeing that injectors who are less qualified than her are making $75,000 more a year than mm-hmm. she's making. And she's taken on more than just injecting work. She's now doing consults and things for the plastic surgeon. Mm-hmm. But when she went to this doctor, who, by the way, just bought a $6 million home, and she said, I need to get paid more. He said, well, we just don't have it in the budget. And she's conflicted because she's like, first of all, I'm getting paid $75,000 less than every other injector in Beverly Hills. Okay, so here, yeah, here's the thing. First and foremost, the companies are usually lying. They have the money, right? Every company I've worked for. This one included. They have more money. They could pay us all more. They could. I understand there's a bottom line and they need to look at things, but they're not efficient, and that's the issue. And so they don't pay their employees what they're actually worth. And it's this whole conversation about the great resignation that we've been looking at the last couple of years during the pandemic. And to your point, Michaela, there actually are jobs. There are more jobs. People are hiring right now. There are plenty of jobs. Unemployment is actually really low. But here in the United States and in other countries around the world, we're looking at China, Japan, Germany, and others. You know, I'm looking at this article on Bloomberg uh, Business Week right now, and they're talking about younger generations, how they're rethinking the pursuit of wealth, right? And especially here in America, real talk, if you can't pay me for a 40-hour work week what I deserve, I'm not giving you a 40-hour work week. I'll give you a 25-hour work week or a 30-hour work week. And that's just fact. And, the, and also, just like a boss might tell you, because your, your direct boss probably doesn't have a whole lot of say over it, but no, their boss's so. boss's boss has a lot of say over it. And if you're going to tell me that I can only give you this amount of money and I know that I'm worth more, that's okay. And if you, because here's the thing, they always say, what do they say? It's not personal. It's yeah. business. Okay, yeah. cool. So if this is a business transaction, then you're going to get... 75% of my abilities. Well, and also, listen, what the conversation that we had, every single point you made was incredible, and I literally am cheering you on. But the point that my injector made that we talked about yesterday is I can't afford to not be paid what I need to get paid because, like you said, like, unbin- like my choice or not, gas has gone up. My sure. rent went up. you have up. to go pick up other gigs. Food because- goes yes. up. Everything, just to live, yep. has gone up. And it's not like... Listen, I could have maybe two years ago moved back to Vegas and the cost of living was much lower. Even the places that have lower cost of living have gone up. Uh, Of course. So it's not fair to ask your employees, hey, we're having a hard time or or we're not, you have to make what you've always made. Well, no one is paying what they've always paid. I can't live like this. It's also why we all still live in apartments. It's why our entire generation is not only simultaneously paying off student loans and living in apartments, then our parents, the boomers, they're like, what's wrong? Well, here's what's wrong. My mom, the house I grew up in cost $72,000. Say that. Right? They just sold their recent house that they bought years ago for $200,000 in Ohio. That's a really nice house. They sold it for over $400,000 this year. Like, who can afford that? Who can afford that when you're not getting paid what you're worth? Yeah. So listen. I, Let it, alone start a family. Absolutely. Buy a house. Have car payments. Car payments. I will tell you one story and then we'll get out oh, of here. Oh, we just got a new car. It, our, the car payment is absurd. Absurd. Lisa wanted to trade out her car. We had to drive a rental for five months because they couldn't even get cars yeah. into the United States. I mean, things are so different. Yep. And I think that it would be cool if employers 
could think of it from that perspective. So listen, as well. it's, it's not a it, listen. It's totally okay for your for your boss to say it's not personal. It's also okay for you as the employee to say it's not personal, and then to, in my opinion, give them the worth of the value of what they're paying for, or go find another job because they're out there. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon, Channel Q. I'm going to be honest with you, Michaela. Before I started the show, I'd never watched an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race in my entire life. I know I'd never right. seen a lip sync for your life. I'd never seen any of it. A maxi challenge, none of it, right? Once I started the show, you took me right before the pandemic to Mickey's, and we saw uh, some of the performers from the girls that were on that season. Heidi in Closets, I think, Widow Von Du, a couple yeah, others. Yeah, we were there. adorable. Amazing, right? And then everything shut down. Well, during the shutdown, I've gone back and watched old episodes now, old seasons. I think I'm on like season nine or ten right now, while also simultaneously watching this season, which brings me to the topic of conversation in What's Poppin' Today. What do you have for us? Well, it's very interesting how over the different seasons, we've watched this show really be about drag queens to drag queens transitioning and drag queens living their truth. We've also had um, people like Got Mick, who yes. went from female to male, who dresses in drag. I mean, the, the show female is really to male and male to female. And then, then this year they have Maddie Morphosis, is the first ever cis straight guy ever to compete on the show too. So it's a Absolutely. lot. of had an evolution. Yes, totally. But RuPaul's drag drag race contestant Bosco is now opening up about their journey. The season fourteen contender, who's now twenty eight years old, shared an update on both Instagram and Twitter yesterday, saying, "I'm trans. My pronouns out of drag are she." Day. I'm the happiest I've ever been. She also said after filming rap this summer, I began focusing on figuring out what medical transitioning would look like for me. I started hormone therapy, hormone replacement therapy. After getting back from Drag Race, I also plan to start exploring some surgical options in the near future. Now, we've seen this work really well because Kylie Sonique, who's fabulous, gorgeous, who just won Drag Race. All stars, yeah. uh, Is trans. Gigi Good. Fabulous. Also went through the process. Gigi Good did. But I... Of course, of course. But I think what's great with Sonique is that she had already fully transitioned and had been living her life as a woman mm. and then went on to All-Stars and then went on to win it. Yes. So it's exciting to see that some of these queens are really finding themselves in the show and then even years later she could always go back and compete and win the show. Um, but I, I think it's important to have this kind of visibility. I mean, some of the biggest names, we're talking Peppermint, Gia Gunn, Laganja Estranja, Carmen Carrera, I mean, some of the biggest names identify now as trans and maybe did not at first when we first met them, but... The experience, I think, has helped open them up to their, their true selves. I'll tell you what. Um, I work with, thanks to you, this really great company, Honey Burdette, which is a beautiful lingerie company. It's owned by a lesbian woman. We've interviewed them on the show. They have all of the biggest celebrities. They're getting bigger. They just so were bought hot. by Playboy. Uh, oh, but, really? Yes. Ooh. But in their new upcoming... Um, um, line? line. Or their, yeah, sure. Yeah, campaign. Carmen Carrera mm. is one of the big girls in the campaign. Like, how fabulous is that? I live for that. I know. I, listen, I love this world on our podcast. My, my fiance and I have a podcast called Confess Your Mess. Yes, Go you check do. it out wherever you get your podcast. And we live for it. And this week we have Isis King on our podcast, who was the first trans model ever on America's Next Top Model. We've had her here on the Morning Beat as well. She's fantastic. But she was also in the very first volume of Savage X Fenty. And it's so, I love that these lingerie companies are are just actually representing the people who, who, who support their products and who actually want to look and feel sexy and who want to feel their best. And that doesn't necessarily mean just cis women. 
Do you know what I mean? It means everybody. And I think Absolutely. it's so cool. All right. Love that. Now, coming up, we are spotlighting an up-and-coming queer artist who is creating safe places for our community. Find out why it's important that even this new generation needs a safe place in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. You're listening to The Morning Beat. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by an up-and-coming queer artist that you need to know about. Her name's Cassidy King, and she's got a new single out called Safe Places. The lyrics are going to blow your mind. They're so beautiful, so touching. Oh, yeah. Maybe they won't blow your mind. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just emotional. Who knows? Also, if this helps, she looks like a female Heath Ledger, and I'm just going to say that. That part. You know what I'm saying? She's also from Ohio. I will say this. My home state. This is how much you are in my life, even when you're not in my life. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop trying to sleep with me. What are you doing right now? First of all, it was a December 18th. It was a chilly Saturday evening before I caught COVID. She needed me to keep her warm and comfortable. That's what she's, that's what she's getting to right now. And you refused to come to my show, so yep. there was not you in the audience. Yep, I don't enjoy singing. I don't like it. I'm backstage. I see a female <laughs> Heath Ledger. I look at her. I say, Wait, that's you where you met her? Tonight? Yeah, I'm telling a story. Oh, my bad. My bad. I say to her, where are you from? She said, Ohio. Where, where in Ohio? Blah, blah, Ohio. Got it. I said, Ohio? She said, yes. I said, my best friend is from Ohio. Chester's from Ohio? You're my best friend, you idiot. Got it. And he's not. He's from, well, I think he's from California, actually. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, she said, oh, Ohio. I said, Salina, to be exact. And they just had their second pride ever. Did you go? And she said, no. How dare she? I know. Probably doesn't even know where it is. Well, you know what? I know where it is. I have a shirt. It's a small town. <laughs> if I if I pulled out a map of Ohio right now, you could not point th- to the region <laughs> of the state where I'm from. You would have no idea. Okay, but do you do that? Because I feel like anytime anybody says Ohio, I'm like, my best friend's from Ohio. Yeah, like, like if you know one person that's from It's like from a the place, fifth or sixth most populous state in the entire nation. Literally so, everyone is from so Ohio. A lot of, yeah, well, you think that because everybody, everybody from Ohio gets the F out of Ohio. We all live here because it's cold and gray and very Republican now. For a long time, I thought that Ojai was in Ohio. No, that's way nicer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm happy that we figured that out. It's a wine town. It was also the home of the family and Brothers and Sisters, a hit that I used to love uh, starring Sally Field and others on ABC. Calista Flockhart, check Wait, it out. Wait, Brothers so, and Sisters? It was so good. But wasn't there a show just called Sisters? No, m- maybe, sure. Yeah, you whatever. You remember. Or Sister, Sister, there's a lot of them. But, no, uh, not that show. There are gays right now in Palm Springs that are gagging. They're like, their I radio. loved Brothers and Sisters. There was a gay son. He was in a relationship. It was a whole thing. It was a vibe. Check it out. You can probably you can probably stream it. Probably on Hulu, I would guess. It was on I, ABC. I feel like you got me hooked after saying Sally Field. She's like just the She's vibe. everything. She's I, just the vibe. I need more Sally Field in my life. Honestly, I agree. I wish that they would book her in something. Should we actually do our jobs? Should we book Sally Field on our show? Let's try to get Sally Field. That's what, I'll work <laughs> okay. on that while you do some news on the beat. You got it, babe. Marsha's House, the only shelter in the New York City Department of Homeless Services system dedicated to LGBTQ plus adults is a nightmare. According to some ex-residents, the shelter is named after transgender icon Marsha P. Johnson. New York City's LGBTQ plus communities experience disproportionately high rates of homelessness, according to advocates who also say that Marsha's house is not safe, though it would be the city's recommendation for most if they're over the age of 18. Six former residents and five former employees spoke to NBC News in a new investigation. The investigative team from the network also relied on information obtained through court documents and Freedom of Information Act requests. The findings uncovered years of alleged 
alleged abuse, including sexual misconduct accusations against security guards and a former director. NYC DHS denied any knowledge of the alleged misconduct by former residents and staff. The health and safety of our clients and staff is our number one priority, and we take all allegations seriously, a department spokesperson told NBC. We provide numerous channels for clients and staff to report problems, but these claims have never been reported, and we have no evidence whatsoever to corroborate them. That's a lie. I believe them 100%. I feel like our trans community is so often just looked over anyhow, and if they're being asked to go to a shelter, and in this shelter, security guards, former directors, I mean, trans people to me are the most vulnerable mm. with the most unheard voice, and I I believe it. I believe that the abuse happened there. A, a thousand percent. I, I mentioned this earlier, but we had uh, Isis King, who's been on our show here before. She was the first trans model on America's Next Top Model. She's on my podcast, Confess Your Mess, this week. Go listen to it. It's yes. hilarious. She's really incredible, and she really opens up just about her journey and her thoughts on Tyra Banks and, and so many other things. But also, if you want to support uh, a trans sister right now, Isis is starring in With Love, a uh, new Amazon original comes out today. It's uh, on uh, Amazon Prime all weekend long. Go check it out. I know that's right. Got to support the content. Absolutely. All right, let's get into a little weather. It's going to be 79 in Vegas, 91 in Palm Springs, 73 in Houston, 54 in Kansas City, 88 in Los Angeles, amen, and 93 in La Quinta. Now give us a vibe of the day. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. I love that. Never stop fighting for your dreams. Never stop fighting for for a reason. your dreams. And an upcoming queer artist is actually joining us because she is fighting for her dreams. She's also fighting to create safe spaces for our community. And she's going to join us coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're super excited about this guest. You know, every time we get an opportunity to showcase an up-and-coming queer artist, we take it. Uh, And Michaela brought this artist to us. She's very, very excited about her. So I'm going to let you actually do the introduction, Michaela, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. I was so excited to do a show uh, last year at the end of the year, right before I got death COVID. And (laughs) I I think it's super important to celebrate all artists, but especially our queer female artists and this up-and-coming singer was so vulnerable on stage, also was from Ohio, and I was like, that's where my best friend is from. My home state. And then she started singing, and I was like, we have to have her on the show. Uh, Please welcome my friend Cassidy King to the show this morning. Hello, everybody. How are you? Hello. We're We're good. We're good. We're good. We're excited to have you here. We're excited to talk about you. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, no, of course. Thank you for having me. Oh, please. It's an honor. I definitely am going to geek out about the Ohio thing in just a moment, but we're excited to talk about your EP, which is out now called Concrete Walls. Also, your single, uh, Safe Places, which we're going to play a bit of in just a moment. Um, But I'm kind of curious to know. Uh, as a queer artist in my home state of Ohio, you're, it looks like you're from Chardon, which is up near Cleveland, correct? Yes. Well, it's like 35 minutes east of Cleveland. Got I it. never say that I'm from Cleveland because, you know, everybody in Ohio is like, if you're not from Cleveland, you can't say right, you're from right, Cleveland. Right, right, so right, I'm right. always like, not necessarily. <laughs> you're from that corner. I'll be honest. We didn't make it up to that corner of the state very often where I come from. But uh, you know, as an out queer artist in the state of Ohio, like, what's that, what's that journey been like for you? I mean, it hasn't been the easiest. I mean, I think it's taken a lot of time. And, you know, at some days I'm still working on it. I mean, from a really young age, you're taught from such a young age that who you are is wrong. Mm. I mean, before you even 
get a chance to learn yourself and really know who you are, you're taught that it's wrong. So that was a really hard thing for me to deal with. I mean, there was just this whole journey. I mean, it was acceptance of myself that took forever and then being comfortable enough to let other people know about myself. And that was a whole other hump that I had to get over. And then it was also just like letting people know through my music, which was like publicly just letting people know exactly who I was. So it was this really long process and it happened really late in my life, I feel like. But I mean, I'm still blessed for it to happen when it was because I know that there's, you know, people who go way longer without being comfortable with who they are. So I'm really blessed to have had that. But it was a really long journey and I found it through music. And I think music was that thing that like really pushed me out of the door with my comfortability and like really made me uh, hold a mirror up to my face and just like own who I am. And there's so much beauty and confidence in who I am. I love and that. I, I love shouldn't that. be a- afraid of that. You should not be afraid of that. I also do want to just clarify, yeah. Cassidy, how old are you? Um, I'm 24. 24. She's like, it came late in my life. I'm like, listen, you are so, you have, so you have much your life entire to live, life baby. ahead of you. <laughs> well, listen, I want to talk about the vulnerability because I think is, um, it, it is a lot coming out. And then it's a lot talking about your process in music and sharing it through your voice, which is why I think that uh, Safe Place is why it, it affected me so much. The lyrics you had mentioned on an Instagram story, you actually were not able to sing for a full six months, the entire song. Why did that song mean so much to you? And what do you hope people get from listening to this song? Um, so that song actually it took forever to do the acoustic version. I mean, just because it was so, um, when I had first written the song, when we did the original version, that was the first time that it was ever leaving my mouth. Right. So like when you make a song, you don't make it necessarily for people to hear you make it for yourself. And then you're like, okay, I want to release it. So I never really had the intention of sharing that story when I was writing it. It just really came from my heart. Um, and so I just laid it down and when I was going through that experience, I was, it was kind of fresh. So I was a lot of the, a lot of the first version of the song, which was the one that we're going to play was a lot of anger and frustration. And I had not really processed the situation yet, but by the time I had gotten to the acoustic version, it was like a year and some change late. It was probably like a year later. Uh, probably actually it was like eight months and I was like, Oh my God, I'm like still processing it. And I was like, wow, I really put myself through that. And I was like, this person did all of that to you. And it was just a piano and me. And I would just remember I would go in the studio and I would have to leave. And I'd be like, I literally cannot sing this right now. Like I can't even fathom the fact that I was so hurt like this. And I, it took me so long to walk away and it was still like a mirror situation, like holding a mirror up to yourself when you record. Isn't that and it's such like, a, wow, this really happened. But isn't that such a powerful reminder of what you're actually capable of once you actually get yeah. onto the other side of something, you get through it and then you look back and you're like, wow, I was struggling. Um, and I really, I really want our listeners to know what we're talking about. So let's actually play a little bit of the song of, of safe places. And then we're going to come back and I, and Michaela is going to uh, talk to you about where, uh, what you've got coming up next and where our listeners uh, can find you and support you. I had 
song. And Lisa, you know my partner's a DJ and has been for so many years. I made you think I hate you because I had to be done. Listen to me. Lisa and I looked at each other and we go, she's a star. She's just a star. Because the lyrics that you're talking about, you only love me in safe places. In our community, especially in the lesbian community, I was made fun of this because I'm super femme, that I was only with Lisa like to experiment and then I would leave her for a man again. It was a conversation we dealt with for a couple of years that thankfully we've gotten mm-hmm. over. Um, but she never wanted to be a secret and she didn't want me to love her in secret places. I think that's why I related to the song. What did this song mean to you uh, when you wrote it and, and in a really personal way? Um, yeah, I mean, I wrote this when I was in the middle of a relationship that I had with a girl. It was like my first real relation. Well, I'm like, I say real relationship, but it doesn't necessarily feel real after I've kind of like reflected on it. But, you know, I was in this was like the first girl that I was dating and she had a boyfriend and uh, she was seeing both of us at the same time. And we had dated for like two years and nobody knew about us. Like no one. I was to everybody in her life. I was her best friend but to everybody in my life they knew that as my girlfriend or partner so like it got very complicated so fast and it was really it it was a lot because I had been through sexuality and I I know what it feels like and I know that I needed time when I was going through it so I was like okay well maybe she just needs time and maybe I'm just gonna be I just need to be understanding for her but they're there comes a line that you just can't keep crossing and she kept crossing it. You know, there are some boundaries that you just continuously can't keep crossing over. Well, it's not good for you. And I just felt like I was, it's not good for your mental health. I mean, like I was losing. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I was losing a piece of myself. That's every time. So true, and I, I tell you what, if every single queer listener listening right now can't relate to that story, uh-huh. I don't know what else they could relate to because that is something we've all experienced. We've all dated that person or been interested in that person who wants to, you know, enjoy you on the side in those safe places, but not not share you with the world the way that you deserve to be shared. So. I am glad that you found somebody who uh, loves and adores you, and you're 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 happy with yourself now. And you're happy. Are you in a relationship now? Uh, yeah, I am. I love yeah. that for you. I love that <laughs> Come for on, you. Prattle. So good for you, Cassidy. Uh, <laughs> keep sharing that music. We're going to support you in any way we can, and we just we just thank you so much. And and hang in there in Ohio. I know it's not the easiest place to live as a queer person. Trust me, I did it for twenty years. Uh, I, I feel yeah, you. I just I just moved to L.A. So oh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. You have to come in studio. Yeah, definitely that's happening. That's yes, amazing. let's do it. I would love that. Okay, well, tell listeners also, because we're uh, a national show, where can people see you if they want more of your music and if they want to see you live in person? Um, So you can go on my website. It's CassidyKingMusic.com. That's where all of my shows are. If you want to just find me on social media, it's Cassidy King with two Ys. And yeah, or on Spotify, all platforms, just look up my name, Cassidy King. It's pretty easy. You should be able to find me pretty fast or just DM me. I like to talk to people. So yeah, whenever you need me, I'm there. Love it. You're so amazing, Cassidy. Thank you for sharing your vulnerability with the world. We need it now more than ever. And I adore you as my friend. Uh, Get Concrete Walls out now by Cassidy King. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This is so lovely. Tell me something good. As we continue honoring Black History Month, it's time to shine the light on another queer black trailblazer. Let's talk about Ernestine Eckstein. Now, Eckstein was a leader in the New York chapter of Daughters of Belitis. 
the first lesbian civil and political rights organization in the United States. She attended annual reminder picket protest and was frequently one of the only women uh, and the only black woman present at early LGBTQ rights protests. Uh, Eckstein was or Eckstein was also an early activist in the black feminist movement of the 1970s and was involved in the organization Black Women Organized for Action. According to historians, she viewed the fight for civil rights and LGBTQ rights as intrinsically linked. Wow. They very much are. Not a lot of people look at it that way, but yeah. it's very much true. So another trailblazer. Absolutely. Okay, this story has A.J. Gibson written all over it. I swear to God. A nervous and self-conscious San Franciscan was looking to make new friends um, and wow. in wow. hosting... No, this not that. Okay, not that way. <laughs> and in hosting a Saturday morning pancake party, he ended up starting a new neighborhood tradition. Now, Curtis Kimball, owner of the Creme Brulee Cart, put up comical flyers around his San Francisco neighborhood, which read... My wife says I'm getting weird. She says I need to make friends, so I'm making pancakes. Turns out it was a huge hit. He didn't know what to expect, but the neighbors found it so cute and so humorous that they showed up to enjoy pancakes. He act—he actually documented it, and people brought their children, they brought their dogs, and they said it was actually a major relief from the last two years of people just struggling. And now, every Saturday, the neighborhood gets together for pancakes. Pancakes. So not only does he have a bunch of new friends that think he's adorable, he started a new neighborhood tradition. 75 people showed up and he made 125 pancakes. How precious is that? <laughs> I love it. I love a good pancake, though. What's your favorite kind of oh pancake? Oh, my God. Listen, I'm a regular. Like, take me to IHOP. I'm going to Re- use... Did you say regular? I'm a regular pancake lover. <laughs> it sounded like you said you're irregular. I'm like, Metamucil helps. Well, I am irregular Fiber? in my brain, but I, I'm going to take a, a pancake wherever I can get it. Have you been to the griddle? On Sunset Boulevard. Oh my God, babe. Doy. Okay, the pancakes there are Joy. the size of like, they're huge and I, they're so good. First of all, sometimes you say things that only like we would know because 15 years ago, that was like my spot. Of course, we worked, I know where we worked at the time and it was down the street and we'd go to the griddle all the time. Do you remember the server Sergio? He was super hot. No. Okay, well, he thought I was super hot, and so he used to give me free pancakes all the time, but the pancakes were like 12 million sizes too big. Yeah. They were delicious. There was one called Tis the Season that had like cinnamon yeah. and nutmeg or something like that tasted like the holidays year-round. It was amazing. Listen, now I'm hungry for pancakes. I think I'm going to go get some and head into our weekend. We have a great show for you next week. We have some awesome guests uh, from American Idol. Brandon Rogers will join us to talk about his new EP as we celebrate our black queer artists. We are also joined with American Ninja Warrior winner uh, Stevie Shari who's competing now again in All Stars and it's going to be a great show for you. Thank you as always for listening. Now let's get into our weekend with you enjoying three hours of fabulous music next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.